Tommy Martin from Orlando. I think I've spoken to you folks uh, in the last 10 days, but I'm the chairman of the selection committee for the Champ Sports Bowl. Mark, are you there? Yep, it's great to, great to talk to you again, Tony. Tony, it's great to hear your voice. Well, let's make this official. And on behalf of the Florida Citrus Sports and over 200 scouts, many of them which are here with us this evening in Champ Sports, it is my pleasure to invite the Michigan State Spartans to the 2007 Champ Sports Bowl held on December 28th at 5 o'clock in beautiful downtown Orlando. All right. Call me a prophet. Call me what you want. It's Dan Duggar here on the Spartan Sports Trap. I called it last week. Michigan State in the Champ Sports Bowl. But more importantly, we're in the basement tonight alongside Ray Mara. What's, What's going, going on? How you doing, brother? Pretty well. Getting, just getting in the Christmas spirit. Got our Christmas tree. <laughs> got, got the Christmas tree up? A little decoration? Yeah, we got a little decorated. Good for you. Way to be in the spirit. Brigitte. Uh, back. Good to see you that uh, you took time out of your busy schedule to join us here tonight. Of course. I don't want to disappoint my five fans, so I thought I'd come down. I'm trying to stay warm, though. It's freezing out. Well, fellas, you heard it. She's cold. <laughs> you want to keep her warm. No, uh, but the phone lines are wide open all hour. Not to say we don't have great interviews coming your way. Uh, 517-432-3893 is the number. Our email address, wdbmsports at gmail.com. Uh, from the top, we have to give props to women's volleyball. They have advanced to the Sweet 16 of the of the women's volleyball tournament. Uh, they advanced to take on Nebraska. Uh, they pre- they played Nebraska this Friday, December seventh, eight p.m. in Madison, Wisconsin. And they, if they win, which I hope they do, they would advance to play the winner of California in Iowa State, Nebraska. Uh, they are the defending national champions in women's volleyball. They're number two in the nation. So. We got to get props to women's volleyball advancing to the Sweet 16. They definitely overachieved. So you got to got to show some props there. But if you caught that clip at the beginning, uh, a little off guard, that was the Florida Citrus Sports Bowl committee and CEO officially offering Coach Mark D'Antonio and Athletic Director designate Mark Hollis the invitation to the Champ Sports Bowl. Spartans have accepted. Tickets are on sale now. MSUSpartans.com. Michigan State gets a 12,000 ticket allotment, so those tickets are going fast. MSUSpartans.com for all the information on purchasing tickets for the Champ Sports Bowl, Orlando, Florida, the 28th of December, Michigan State, Boston College. At one point, what, number two team in the nation? Yeah, they were uh, mm-hmm. They were going for the, originally they were going to go for, uh, qualify for the BCS title game, but... Uh... Hey, we saw how, we saw we saw how that worked. We will talk uh, Michigan State men's basketball later this hour. I uh, got a chance to catch up with Raymar Morgan, Coach Tom Izzo today. So we got a lot of Michigan State men's basketball content coming later in the hour. Uh, but here at the onset, football is headed to Orlando. The situation couldn't be better for Michigan State football and this this university and the athletic program. But are you guys surprised to see that Michigan State is going to Disney World? Yeah, despite being Indiana and Purdue, originally I thought that we'd end up in the Motor City Bowl just due to the fact that, you know, the interstate battle between us and, you know, Michigan State, I thought, you know, Ford Field would most likely sell out, and you know, but uh, I'm not going to complain with the, you know, invitation to the Champ Sports Bowl. Brigitte, surprised to see Michigan State invited uh, to the Champ Sports Bowl? Not really. I mean, we, we had a great season. Our record truly didn't indicate how good of a team we were this year. I mean, when it came down to it, we blew out Purdue and Indiana. So, I mean, I'm really happy to see us going there. That's a great way to start off the program. 
Absolutely. And you, and you look at those those wins. Those were so significant. And when the committee talked, they had a teleconference. And, and when they talked, they said the reason that Michigan State rose above the rest, the rest being Purdue and Indiana when it came to the Champ Sports Bowl, is because Michigan State convincingly beat those aforementioned teams in Indiana and Purdue and one of those on the road in Purdue, a 17-point victory um, at Ross Aid Stadium. So you you got to give credit to, to Coach Antonio. They finished the season strong as well. That was a big point that the committee also brought up, that by beating Penn State in the, in the finale of the regular season, that really put Michigan State on the, a two-game winning streak to end the season. And at the top at the top of their games, I believe, the best game they played uh, in, in that Penn State game to come back and to finish off a very talented Penn State team that is, what, in the Alamo Bowl now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So Michigan State will play in the Champ Sports Bowl. A lot of credit for Michigan State making it to Orlando has to be given to our athletic director-designate Mark Collis. Uh, he'll take over the athletic department the 1st of January, so less than a month he'll take over. I expect great things, but he's done great things already. Uh, the Champ Sports Bowl committee uh, commented that Mark Collis worked the phones, and the department worked the phones like no other university has worked it to get lobby to get this team into the champ sports bowl you say why is it so significant well you look at the inside bowl very far away very far away tempe arizona it's on the nfl network call this program if you had the nfl network i'm sure the phone is not going to work <laughs> no uh in the payouts obviously we will get more money for champs there's fifteen thousand alumni in florida there's 10 alumni clubs in florida in the state of florida and we we were just there in what two thousand, so we have a history in Orlando. I believe we'll draw. I believe we'll sell more than the twelve thousand tickets that we're required to sell. I think we'll sell above that. I believe uh, when we were down there last, we had twenty five thousand fans. We know uh, the economy's tough, but I think if people group together, drive down, you know, carpool it, whatever. I think I think Michigan State will be well represented in Orlando. You got to take in, into consideration the the vacationers, you know, during uh, winter break. You know, there's there's a lot of students that you know travel down there and just just get away from you know school. So. And the two and the two for one also is appealing to the Champ Sports and and the Florida Citrus Sports Committee because you have Michigan playing in the Capital One Bowl against Florida. We'll talk Michigan and what a mess that is. We'll talk Michigan in a little bit, but four days apart, you got Michigan and Michigan State, so split households that would like to see Michigan play or Michigan State play can see them both play within a, a span of four days. Uh, so if you'd like to comment on Michigan State's bowl appearance coming up here December 28th in the Champ Sports Bowl, please call us, 517-432-3893 is the number. The email address, always open, wdbmsports at gmail.com. So the influence of Mark Hollis cannot be credited enough in this situation. There's only so much the football team can do after they play that last regular season game. And it is in the hands of other teams playing in other conferences, as we saw, worked out for the better for us. Illinois going to the Rose Bowl, Ohio State backing into the championship game. But uh, I got a chance to attend the official announcement last night of Michigan State selection to the Champ Sports Bowl. Here's what our next athletic director, Mark Hollis, had to say. Michigan State is proud, very proud, to be representing the Big Ten Conference and the 2007 Champs Sports Bowl in Orlando, Florida, which will be played on Friday, December 28th at 5 o'clock. The game will be televised by ESPN, and our opponent will be Boston College, who's 10-3 out of the ACC. 
We're very grateful to the Florida Citrus Sports Organization. As I mentioned, Steve Hogan, their executive director, is someone we've known for a long time. Tony Martin, the committee chairman, was actually our host when the Spartans were down there in 2000. And Ford, Ford Keeney, who is the president of the Florida Citrus Sports Organization. All were uh, very helpful throughout the process over the last several weeks uh, leading up to the selection uh, early this evening. I'd also like to uh, commend and thank Commissioner Jim Delaney, uh, Mark Rudner and Brad Traviola of the Big Ten office, uh, who su successfully navigated the way for the Big Ten Conference and its member institutions to secure bowls for all of the, the teams that were, uh, were seven and plus wins. Uh, we do have great memories uh, of the 2000 Florida Citrus Bowl. Last time we were in Orlando, uh, the Spartans beat Florida 37-34, and we had more than uh, 25,000 Spartans attending that game. Uh, it was a fabulous experience, and, and we expect and encourage uh, Spartan fans uh, to, to show that same support as we, uh, we head off south this season. Our commitment is 12,000 tickets priced at $60, $60 each. I see no problem achieving that commitment and, and in fact, have, uh, have high expectations that we will greatly, greatly exceed that 12,000. Uh, with Spartan Stadium having more than 70,000 fans this year, uh, 15,000 alumni currently live in the state of Florida. 15,000 live in Florida. That's 2,000 more than we had in Florida when we played down there in 2000. There's 10 very strong alumni clubs that are based uh, in the Florida area. Uh, 37,000 alumni live in southeastern Michigan. Uh, and then we'll have folks obviously traveling. Uh, I know I've made many ventures down with my three kids to, uh, to Florida by car, uh, by plane. Uh, everyone uh, is going to gather up and find a way to get down there. With that, we're expecting to have one great, great celebration for Michigan State. That was Athletic Director-designate Mark Hollis. His comments on Michigan State being selected to the Champs Force Bowl and he being a major part of the reason why. Uh, Hollis, obviously the man behind the scenes lobbying for Michigan State to get into the Champs Force Bowl, a much more impressive bowl on the resume than the Inside Bowl. The Inside Bowl on the NFL Network all the way in Tempe, Arizona, versus ESPN Orlando. Yes, flights are expensive right now from Detroit to Orlando, Lansing to Orlando, but compared to Tempe, Arizona, I think that it's a reasonable you know, asking of Spartan fans to make the trip, support the team. Uh, but tickets on sale now, msuspartans.com. They get a $12,000 $12, ticket allotment, does Michigan State, so I'm sure those tickets are going fast. I already talked to people who have purchased their tickets for the Champs Sports Bowl. Uh, but Mark Hollis is not satisfied with just the Champs Sports Bowl. He's got a vision for Michigan State. He's got a vision for the football program, knowing that the football program is the breadwinner. Yes, it generates 60% of the athletic department's budget, so you have to feed the breadwinner. You have to show interest. You have to put them first and foremost in the program. Uh, but Mark Hollis has his eyes on another bowl. Here's what our next athletic director had to say. I'm grateful to the alumni and fans. I mean, that's who we're here to serve, uh, our student-athletes, our alumni, our fans. That's the, that'll be the core of my administration here, and, and um, I'm very appreciative to the support they gave out in this stadium and on the road throughout the year. Uh, we are uh, uh, very much looking forward to this bowl game. I think it's, it's something that's going to launch us into uh, great, great things beyond. Uh, my goal, as I stated when I accepted the job, is to get to the Rose Bowl. That commitment is still there. It's still very strong, and we will achieve that goal. That was Athletic Director-designate Mark Hollis. His goal, Michigan State in the Rose Bowl. 
end the season with the paint of roses on our cleats, I believe is what he said when he accepted the position to be our next athletic director. He begins his position now in less than a month here at being December 3rd. Mark Hollis is the athletic director as of January 1st, so uh, no better way to, to get it started than with a win uh, in the bowl game, December 28th. That'd be nice. Come back from Florida with a W. Uh, Coach Antonio's stressed the message. His goal, win eight. Simply win eight. Uh, got a chance to, 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 like I said, attend uh, the bowl press conference yesterday at the Spartan Stadium. Great facility over there, LaSalle Bank Club. Uh, the man who led them, who will lead them now to Disney, Mickey Mouse and Goofy, Mark D'Antonio. Here's, here's the head coach. Mark, and uh, first of all, I want to thank Mark Hollis and all the work that he's done in our administration for uh, for getting us there. We're very, very excited about the opportunity to go to Orlando and play in the Champs Bowl against Boston College. Uh, Boston College is a football team that uh, has been uh, ranked in the top 20 throughout the entire year, currently number 14, outstanding quarterback, outstanding defense against the run, so it'll be a tremendous challenge for us. But I know our players over there are very, very excited about the opportunity. We set out this year about... Uh, with simple goals in mind, knowing that we had to at first uh, bring back the respect from our fans, earn back that respect. Um, and because of that, I feel I felt great result throughout the entire season uh, from our football team and our players. And we were in every game, as Mark had said. Uh, you know, our goal, very simply, is to win eight. Very simply, is to go down there and win. We will represent in every respect down there in Orlando. I have great memories of Orlando, having been at the Citrus Bowl um, in 2000. And um, that memory, uh, with along with my girls and my family, is very vivid in our minds. Uh, with that, I'd like to bring up our captains. Uh, I've said all along that, um, you know, it's been about our players. It's been about our football team and our players. Our players have done the work. Our, our seniors have led and done an outstanding job doing that through uh, through tough times, through good times. I'd like to bring them up one at a time and um, just have them uh, just get their reaction on everything. Thanks a lot, guys. Just want to mention that Pete is an outstanding uh, fan of everybody in Boston. The Red Sox, the Bruins, everybody. The Celtics, I'm just glad he's rooting for us. But uh, uh, I know our players will be very excited about this. I felt like after the Penn State game that um, we were going to a bowl game. It didn't matter where. We were going to make it a great experience for our guys. And... Um, you know, certainly we're going to have some fun down there as well. I can still remember when my, my youngest was uh, went to Disney World and she was Cindy Lou Who I'm in a play down there, so we'll have a good time. Coach, for the average fan who isn't on the recruiting trail with you, talk about what this has meant. I mean, obviously this weekend you had a lot of recruits in. Just what getting to these bowl games means and how has it impacted recruiting? Well, I think it's a, it's a chance to get to, to begin taking the steps towards getting to where eventually we want to be, which is a championship. I think the fact that Illinois today is uh, is in the Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl gives our guys, um, you know, some evidence that it can happen. You can turn from a two and ten football team as of last year and, and go to a to the Rose Bowl. Things can happen in this world of college football. It's amazing when you saw what happened last night. Some of the things that Pitt was able to do against West Virginia, um, a very competitive world out there, as uh, evidenced by a lot by every every game that we played this year. So uh, you know. We can talk about that. We can talk about the beginning of our program as we move into the recruiting phases, and uh, it gives us uh, proof that we're we're heavy, heading in the right direction, and uh, it'll be an exciting ride. Mark, what was this weekend like for you? Kind of the ups and downs. I'm sure you were following some of the games and trying to figure out where you guys are going and who you're playing. Well, I was I was listening to Mark a little bit and uh, just uh, 
trying to figure it all out, but really our focus was on recruiting this weekend. We had a lot of recruits in, so we were pretty busy. I went to the basketball game last night, and they played uh, outstanding. And, uh, you know, we're just uh, focusing on the moment, really. And I'm always a believer that, um, that you, you deal with things as they come to you. So I took a nap about an hour and a half ago and came on down. So, um, but uh, we'll be ready for this football game. And I can, I can tell you that. And we're also going to have a great time down there, guys. But uh, we're going to represent. And um, we need to be focused to do that. You went up to 320 watching Hawaii, were you? No, I think it's about 130. Any other questions? Thanks so much for coming, guys, and all your support this year. And uh, this has been an outstanding football season for us. And uh, it's not over yet. So uh, we'll let our guys know tonight. And we'll meet in the morning. That was head coach Mark D'Antonio addressing the media yesterday at the Bowl press conference. Michigan State heading to the Champs Sports Bowl. The man who led them to Disney, that was Mark D'Antonio. You look at this team, though, uh, a point that Mark Hollis made yesterday, 28 points from being undefeated. Uh, you look at the, at the, the quote-unquote moral victories that you could, you could chalk up. You look at the season. Yes, we don't count moral victories, but look, listening to what the bowl committee had to say, it seemed like those close games that we let slip away or we were just a few yards shy on, came into play when that bowl committee decided to choose Michigan State to be in the Champs Sports Bowl. So, Ray, do you think that competing in every game, it has to have played a, a factor in, in the bowl committee selecting us? Oh, definitely. I mean, you definitely want to, you know, the bowl committee wanted to uh, provide a competitive game for everybody to watch. So, I mean, we showed that, we, you know, we can hang in there with the, you know, number one team in the country, Ohio State. We hung in there with Wisconsin, and um, unfortunately we lost to Northwestern, but uh, we we you know we are we can we can feel the you know a competitive team. So and, that, you, and you look at uh, the main point that the committee made was we handed it to both Indiana and Purdue. It was huge that we bo- beat both those teams easily, very easily in the committee's eyes. So when they examined uh, out of those three teams, who do they take? Obviously, Michigan State. And when you rank those bowls, Ray, is it clear in in the the mid tier there that champs? Is is ahead of the pack, followed by Insight, followed by the Motor City. I mean, definitely with the with the press coverage, you know, Champs Sports Bowl is you know nationally televised game. You know, Insights, you know, only on the NFL Network, which no one gets, and then you know, obviously the Motor City Bowl, which is you know our local bowl. Not so, necessarily yeah. a great destination. To go along with Ray, you also look at it that Michigan State started a program with a brand new head coach this year, and to go seven and five, and to look at what Mark D'Antonio has done for this team. It just it shows a lot that we ended up making to the Champs Bowl, and I think it's great. Uh, not You're not the only one who thinks it's great. <laughs> J.U. Kulkrick, he is also excited to make the trip down to Florida. Here's what the star running back had to say yesterday at the Bowl Press Conference. Well, we're going to Disney World. <laughs> you know, this is just an honor for us. You know, um, we were sitting back there talking. We've been talking the whole year, you know. None of us ever played in a bowl game, and, you know, just, you know, we didn't know who we were playing, but after that Penn State game, we knew we were going to a bowl game, and, you know, that was all part of the process, waiting it out to see who you're playing, and, you know, we we enjoyed it, you know, but the past couple of days, you know, we really wanted to know who we were going to play, and, you know, and no one would tell us anything, but, you know, um, Mr. Hollis and his uh, group there, you know, they did a tremendous job, you know, in lobbying for us to, you know, have the opportunity to play in this game, and, you know, we're very excited about it and looking forward to it, and also Coach Sermons is there. Jamie, when did you and, and the team find out? Did you was it tonight? I mean, just now over there. Did you guys know who you were playing before you came here? Yeah, we found out tonight, just when we came in. So, and what, was the, what was the reaction, you guys? 
Oh, very excited, very much excited. You know, I'm um, just you know, going somewhere warm for Christmas. Uh, we talked to you guys after the Penn State game, and we said, where do you guys want to go? And you guys said, we don't care where we go. We just want to go to a bowl game. But in all actuality, were you really thinking back then, we want to go somewhere warm? You know, at the time, you know, we were just, you know, we just made it to a bowl game. We're just honored with the fact, you know, we get to play our 13th game. And, you know, we get another month to spend with each other. You know, some people on this team will never have the opportunity to play football again. You know, we get to um, lengthen that football career for another month. And so that's the most exciting part about it. But a vacation in Florida is better than a vacation in Detroit, right? Yeah, you know, but, I'm, yeah, definitely. You know, it's definitely, you know, it was nice to, you know, go to a beach and, you know, instead of going, I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's definitely nice to you know, be going to Florida. That was senior running back J.U. Kulkrick, uh, who himself has more rushing touchdown, touchdowns than Boston College's whole team. So clearly proving his worth yesterday. It, 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 funny guy, going to Disney World. Congra- we we got to say congratulations to the team, though. Uh, really, you know, at times in the season you could have given up. You could have been one of those fans that walked out in the third quarter after Penn State got the rock scored. We're down, what, 20? Four to seven, twenty-one. Twenty-four to seven. Yeah, Twenty-four to seven. Uh, this team has shown resiliency all season. Uh, but one thing that I have heard, whatever message boards, TV, radio, that the Big Ten conference is down. The Big Ten conference is overrated. How are we overrated? We are in a BCS title game, Ohio State. We are in the Rose Bowl, Illinois. We have seven bowl teams. If any other conference in America, the SEC. The ACC, the Pac-10, the Big 12, has seven bowl teams in decent bowls. It would be considered a great year. Not to mention we have a team playing for the national title. Say what you want. Oh, Ohio State's going to get blown out. The game has not been played yet. As of today, we have seven teams, two in BCS bowls. How do you consider this a down year for the Big 10, Ray? No, not at all. I mean, we, we're fielding uh, seven bowl teams, and I just think the Big Ten is just so evenly talented. That's why it, it kind of gets under hype. We don't have an elite team, well, other than Ohio State, but uh, we don't have like an elite team that just has dominated the whole division. Any team can beat any team on any game, any given day. Yeah, I definitely think that's why you see the even records, and I think that's the case throughout the nation. It's not like you can point to one team on Saturday night at at three thirty in the morning when the last game was done with Hawaii and say this point to a team and say, this team is clear-cut the best team in the nation. Teams in the top ten with two losses, three losses. Yes, Hawaii is undefeated. Let me smash those Hawaii lovers' hopes right now. Who did you play? Northern Colorado, Louisiana Tech, UNLV, Charleston, Southern. Are they even Division One? At Idaho, Utah State, San Jose State. What are they, D3? New Mexico State. Fresno State at Nevada, Boise State, that's a reasonable matchup in Washington, a reasonable matchup. Out of those games, out of those 12 games, two games, reasonable matchups for Hawaii. Yes, they have a good quarterback that I think will play in the NFL in Colt Brennan. But please, play somebody, get on TV so people can see you, but by no means... Does Hawaii deserve to be even in the top five? Hey, Michigan State, let's play teams with the caliber of Minnesota all season. Let's go undefeated and let's you know make a claim that we belong in the BCS championship game. No, 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 no. Little thing called RPI, strength of schedule. That factors in. Ray, how do you like how the BCS is shaking out? Ohio State, LSU, do you like that? 
I don't know if I, I don't know if I, I kind of agree with it. Ohio State, you know, they deserve it with only one loss. LSU is arguably the best team in the league. I think, I think USC, USC got, you know, kind of gypped, and you know, Mizzou and West Virginia, you know, had it played out as long as they, you know, won their games, but uh, they definitely choked it off. Yes. Especially West Virginia losing to Pittsburgh, which you know we manhandled. So, so let's let's look at it this way: Who's more at fault in this situation? Let's not look at seasons past or hypothetical seasons ahead. Who's more at fault for the BCS situation now? The one versus two: Missouri and West Virginia losing, or the BCS computer system? That's a tough question because there's no like there's no perfect answer until you have a playoff. So, I mean, I, I would. Mizzou and you know West Virginia, they they don't deserve. Obviously, they don't deserve you know to play in the BCS championship game because they you know they choked it off in their championship games. Yeah, no computer missed those field goals for West Virginia. Not a, a computer didn't miss those field goals. If West Virginia comes to play, handle handles their business in the backyard brawl against Pittsburgh, a team we beat seventeen thirteen, I believe the final score was, and yeah. we didn't even play that well. But Pitts, Pittsburgh beats them, so Missouri. It's their fault. You, or West Virginia, it's your fault you lost. Same thing with Missouri. Chase Daniel, your fault. You guys win. Take care of your business. Your, your destiny was in your hands. You didn't take care of business. So, yes, you can point and say the BCS is a terrible system, but I think this season, you look at it, those teams had their destiny in their own hands. A computer didn't decide whether or not they were going. They didn't make the plays. West Virginia came out flat as all get out and didn't get it done. You want to get in touch with us, 517-432-3893. The email address, wdbmsports at gmail.com. Brigitte, do you like the system? Do you like the LSU-Ohio State matchup? I mean, I think it's probably going to be a better game than watching like Georgia versus Ohio State or some of the other teams they were contemplating having play. But, I mean, I guess if you want to be fair, LSU, like Ray said, is arguably the best team. I mean, I might have liked to see Oklahoma maybe play and get in there, but, I mean, I think that's the best matchup for a title game. Because, I mean, for them to see the number one and two teams lose in the last weekend, it's it's hard on them as it is to pick who should play in there when that happens. Ray, do you agree with the idea, do you like the idea that Ohio State kind of backed in to the championship game? I mean... Not really, because I, mean, I mean it's not a fair system until you have a playoff. So they, I mean, they kind of benefited from teams not handling their business. So obviously, you're an advocate for what an eight an eight team playoff. I mean that that could work. To just or, eliminate a couple uh, one or one non conference game maybe could do it, and then play the season out into mid December. Yeah, that, that, and, and have the current bowl system in place. Yeah, I think I think, I think it'll take a couple years. You know play around and work with a playoff, so it'd be a couple-year process to find an efficient playoff system that would work out. But I believe an 18 playoff system would work. Obviously, yeah. you have to work the kinks out. And But when you get when you put eight teams into a playoff, there can be no argument that the, the best team in the nation is not included or two of the best teams in the nation are not included in that eight. See, I think the problem that arises is how many teams are you going to select from each conference? That's where I think the controversies would be. That's why... I, that's why you have to tinker with the playoff system. What for, like bit. for like BCS bowls? Yeah, like you want to have a somewhat of a balance amongst conferences because so you can have that uh, monetary distribution. Like like a Hawaii who, who you know was undefeated and they didn't make a BCS bowl, would they be included in the playoff system being undefeated, or you know would you take you know a Georgia or an Oklahoma over them? 
Yeah, def- that's, definitely. That's where agree. the kinks would, you know, where the questions would arise. If you have any questions or comments, 517-432-3893. The email address, wdbmsports at gmail.com. So, yeah, seven bowl teams. Decent bowls as well. Two in BCS bowls. Illinois to the Rose. Ohio State backs into the BCS title game. Any other conference. That is a, that is a good to great year. So, oh, we've got seven bowl teams. And what this also does... Michigan State fans, you got to be happy. We are going to get more money now because Ohio State moves up and goes to the BCS title game. All the money from the Bulls, the seven Bulls, what the $2 million we get and the, the money all the other bowl teams get, throw it into a pot, and then each school within the conference, the Big Ten, as, as you can call it, ten, you know, it's the Big Ten, but we have 11 schools, yeah, uh, splits it up equally, so you get equal share of the pie. It's not like you go to a two million dollar payout bowl, you get two million. You throw it into the pot, and then each school gets its slice. And obviously, the BCS title game brings a nice price tag payout for the schools. So Michigan State benefits, the conference benefits as a result of Ohio State moving up, Illinois being chosen as an at-large team to play in the Rose Bowl. But do you believe? Do you agree, Ray or Brigitte, with the sentiment that? Although they did move up to the BCS and Rose, respectively, that it is not going to be a matchup. Ohio State's going to get stomped. Illinois is going to get stomped. Well, I mean, obviously Ohio State has a chance, but uh, I think the SEC is just way too strong. And I think, you know, LSU, or yeah, the LSU have it, you know, easy time beating Ohio State. And for uh, Illinois, I think USC is just too much for them. I think the speed of USC's defense is just going to handle juice. You know, you know why the SEC is so good? Why is that? You ain't heard the going rate of a player's forty grand. <laughs> no, no, that's just that's a joke. But if you'd like to if you'd like to chime in, five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. The email address wdbmsports at gmail dot com. So we look to the school down the road. They are going to be in the Capital One Bowl, the University of Michigan, the same stadium that we'll play in on the twenty eighth. They will play in four days later. So Michigan takes on Florida in their home state, in the Capital One Bowl. That might get ugly. But the whole story with Michigan does not begin with their bowl game. It begins with the man who will be on the sidelines for them next season as their head coach. A question mark. Speechless. Who is it? Rumor has it that Kirk Ferentz from Iowa was offered the job. He said no. Les Miles, I'm sure we all saw that. Les Miles calls a press conference before his title game. It says, I am not going to Michigan. I'm at home. Making it clear. And what LSU did was genius. Saying, sign this contract before this time, and we'll give you substantially more money than if you sign the contract after this game. Ingenious idea by LSU LSU's administration. Ray, is there any chance that Les Miles is the coach at the University of Michigan next season? Not at all. Not with the amount of money he's getting in. You know, who wants it? I, I, I personally, I wouldn't want to coach for Michigan, and I don't think Les Miles has the interest of leaving Louisiana to come to come to the Michigan area. So no head coach, no friends, no Les Miles, no thanks, as they say to the University of Michigan. Who now? Who does the University of Michigan turn to? Let's look now. They've gone through their first choice, their second choice. Things got to be getting a little frustrating down in Ann Arbor. Who do they turn to now, Ray, after Bo Pelini is now the head coach at Nebraska? You know, I honestly I have no idea. Maybe, maybe they have a, a guy that 
you know, no one's heard of yet. Maybe Brian Kelly out of Cincinnati. That's maybe the next favorite. How shady is that, though? Brian Kelly leaves Central, goes to Cincinnati, leaves Cincinnati after a year, and goes to coach at the University of Michigan. But how... Oh, I can't even go money there. Talks, the, the, baby, the, money talks. The, the D'Antonio Kelly, that was... Woo, boy. We don't even, need, don't even need to go there. But if you'd like to go there, 517-432-3893 is the number you're listening to the Spartan Sports Rep on Impact Exposure. We're on every Monday night, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you missed a show, you'd like to catch past shows... WDB or Impact89FM.com. I'm confused. Got to give out the email address so much, you know? Trying to get the, the emails rolling. You know, they start rolling when you tell stories about how, how your friend put his cell phone in the oven when it got wet, you know, on broil. And then they start rolling in. I guess, that's, I guess that's what it takes. But it's good to hear that you got the Christmas tree up, Ray. I'm glad that you guys over there on your, on, in your house are in the holiday spirit, bro. Hey, you got to spread the love, baby. Spread the love. If you'd like to join us, 517-432-3893. Let's look at the Michigan situation. By the way, Michigan basketball lost to a Tommy Amaker coached Harvard team, 62-51. to I believe Okemos High School could have put up more than 51 points on Harvard. <laughs> Are you serious? Michigan loses to Harvard. Chalk this one up. As one of the worst losses that'll go down in John Beeline's career. How embarrassing, University of Michigan. One, that you can't hire a football coach. Two, that you go to Harvard and lose to a coach you just fired because he couldn't get it done at your university. He flips it. How about that karma? And losing to Appalachian State. You forgot that. All in the same, all in the same season. They are flustered down there at Ann Arbor. How about this? You know things are getting bad in Ann Arbor. When Michael Rosenberg, Detroit, Detroit writer says that Mark D'Antonio would have been a good choice for the University of Michigan if he were available. Well, Spartan fans, be grateful for the man you have here as head coach. That is Mark D'Antonio. But what a, it's just a complete mess. Uh, not to mention it's going to get worse. How about that matchup with the Gators? The Gators in their home state. It is going to be packed full of blue and orange when they face Michigan. And guess what? Michigan could not contain a mobile quarterback from Appalachian State. They could not contain Dennis Dixon, a mobile quarterback from Oregon. And guess what? Tim Tebow, what, has t- over 20 touchdowns rushing, 20 touchdowns passing? He's at 18, pa- or 18 rushing, 20 passing, something. Something ridiculous. Yeah. Guess what? He is going to eat the Wolverines alive. Nothing Sean Crable can do about it. Florida 44, Michigan 14. That's that's my early prediction. But Michigan is, is in a heap of trouble. Not to mention this whole recruiting period. Yes, they interviewed uh, Ron English. They interviewed both their coordinators. I doubt that they have a, a grain of salt's chance in the, you know, to get the head job. I want to make a little correction on your uh, assessment. Tebow had 29 passing TDs and 22 rushing TDs. That is so that sick. That is perspective. That is so sick. Put that in perspective. Michigan w- will not be able to contain Tim Tebow. And oh, here we go. The Heisman talk. The Heisman. Let's, you know, we got we got to touch on it because it's going to come up. And, and this is a sports show. We talk sports. You want to talk with us? 517-432-3893. Today, regular season's over. Pick your Heisman winner. 
It's got to be Tim Tebow. I mean, just he almost has a thousand yards rushing. He has over three thousand yards passing. He has twenty nine TDs passing. He's got, you know, nineteen rushing TDs. I mean, I think hands down he's the you know on a three loss team. Yeah, I, I think I think the the record personally, I think the record of the overall team is kind of arbitrary. I think you should go more towards the, how effective the player is. Absolutely, I, I could, I could, I think I'll agree with you that Tim Tebow uh, will win the Heisman. Uh, yes, they're a nine and three football team, but there's there's only quarterbacks get overpraised and overcriticized. There's only so much a quarterback can do. Obviously, he can't jump on the defensive side of the ball, pick off passes, get stops on third and short. But the the numbers that Tim Tebow has put up, oh, you want to say he scored them all on short yardage, all those rushing touchdowns on short yardage situations? Guess what? It's not, it's not easy to score on, you know, first and goal on the five. And arguably the best conference in the you know nation. It's you're not just gonna score, but just because you're in the red zone. Okay, point to a team in the country that has a hundred percent red zone efficiency. Or how about inside the ten? I'm sure it's it's somewhere between eighty and a hundred in the SEC for the top tier teams. But it's not a given that you're gonna score when you're inside the ten, inside the twenty. So you got to give Tim Tebow respect with the way he's gotten it done. Yes, Florida has lost three games, but guess what? Tim Tebow is going to show why he's the Heisman Trophy, why he deserves the Heisman Trophy when he single-handedly destroys Michigan in the Capital One poll. But if you'd like to join us, you can do it by email wdbmsports at gmail dot com, or join us by phone if you'd like five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. Folks, your prediction, Ray. How messy does that Florida-Michigan game get? I mean, I don't think it's going to be even close. I think Team Will is just going to dominate, and he's going to prove why he won the Heisman. So I I, I like your prediction with 44-14, but uh, I think it'll be a little closer than that. Brigitte? Yeah, I think they're going to send Michigan to their fifth consecutive bowl loss. Um, I think it'll definitely be a blowout. Probably not as big as you predicted, but definitely a big loss, and maybe it'll curb some of that Ann Arbor arrogance. Yes, so... The this the athletic department at Michigan struggling right now. Currently, Michigan State's headed to the Champ Sports Bowl. We have a team basketball team that's ranked in the top ten. You just lost to Harvard by nine. <laughs> Unfortunately, tough break for Beeline trying to get that program rolling. Fifty you only scored fifty one points against Harvard. Yikes. Five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three is the number. But now we have to look. We've talked the national scene of college football. We're going to get to basketball. I know. We'll get there. We'll get there. Promise you. I got some coaches. Oh, I got some Raymar Morgan for you. But how do we match up against Boston College? First, how do you think our secondary will match up against with a Heisman candidate, not winner, in Matt Ryan at QB, thrown for over 4,000 yards this season? I think it's going to be up to our. A, our scheme and our D line. If our D line, you know, and our linebackers put a lot of pressure on Matt Ryan, I think, you know, our secondary will benefit from that. But I think our defensive scheme is going to be more important, you know, get up in our receivers' faces and play physical because Northwestern, they just dominated us and we didn't play physical at all and they threw for over 500 yards against us and put up, you know, over oh, close to 40 points against us. Absolutely. And I think when you look at our schemes, for the most part, in certain situations, you could, they could be arbitrary. You could agree or disagree with it. But 37 sacks on the season compared to what we had 16 or 17 last year. Unbelievable turnaround. And our We're holding opponents third down percentage under 40%. We're coming up on the money down. 
The team applies pressure. We got one of the best defensive ends in the country, a Hendricks Award finalist in Jonal St. Deke. And with a month to get healthy, whatever Nixon and, and Bangs, this goes for Boston College as well, whatever little minor bruises, minor ankle rolls, sprains, it's going to be taken care of by that time. There's going to be no excuses health-wise for major components. I'm not sure about Chris L. Rucker. I tried to find out before the show if freshman cornerback Chris L. Rucker was going to be able to play because of that detached retina, if that was going to have enough time to heal. I don't think that he'll be able to play, but that's not a fact. So hopefully next week I'll be able to comment more on Chris L. Rucker's situation because I think that would give the secondary a little boost at corner, having Chris L. Rucker in there because I think he did a, an adequate job when he was able to play. At least in the depth at least in the depth department. Oh, absolutely. But you look at Boston College. I see a team that is very one-dimensional, but in that dimension, they are very, very good. They throw for over 320 yards a game. They score over 28 points a game. But, hey, equally impressive Michigan State, the best offense in the Big Ten. We score over 34 points a game. You look at Boston College, they're not going to be a threat on kick return. They're less than stellar in the red zone. Michigan State's 87%, Boston College 75%, so a 12% difference there. And that comes into play when you need to get it done inside the 20. Uh, they, are, they are a very strong second quarter team, as most teams in the nation are, so that's not really something that stands out. Outscoring opponents 116-57 to 57 in the second quarter. Uh, but quarterback Matt Ryan, the Heisman Trophy candidate, spreads the ball out. Five receivers with 40 or more catches. It's not like he's going to ISO like Brian Hoyer does at times with Devin Thomas because he is very, very good, better than any receiver Boston College has. But when you have five receivers with 40 or more catches and you look at the the talent, they have three receivers with over 700 yards receiving. Unbelievable. But guess what? Here's the catch. They only rush the ball for 104 yards a game. I think Javon Ringer rushes more per game himself at 112, I believe his average is, around there, give or take. So they're very one-dimensional, but they also have a very good run defense. So that may be another matchup to watch. Our dual-threat running back, J.U. Javon, against that Boston College defense, that rush defense, which only allows 68 yards a game rushing. Who do you think comes out on top in that? We've got weeks to analyze and be hypothetical, but let's go ahead and start tonight. Who comes ahead in, the, in that Michigan State run offense versus the Boston College defense? I think, again, what, like what I said earlier, is it's going to happen, or, or what's going to determine that is our scheme. I think if we come out passing to set up the run, I think we'll be, we'll be more effective than running to set up the pass because if they stop our run early, they know, we, you know we're going to be one-dimensional as well and we're just going to pass the ball. So if, I think we, if we come out passing and then run, I think we'll win in that factor. And obviously when Brian Hoyer is on his game, when Hoyer is on the Jazz, he is as good as any quarterback in the conference when he is on the money. We saw it in the second half of that Penn State game when he made some throws. Just incredible. Brigitte, who comes out on top, that Michigan State run against that Boston College allowing 68 yards per game defense. I think if they neutralize our run, we're going to have a really tough time winning that game, especially since Boston College does have a good offense. They did have a Heisman candidate in Matt Ryan. If his offensive line can buy him time, they're going to burn us in the secondary every time because that is one place where we've struggled all year. But if we can come out running the ball and establish a good run game, I don't see why we can't beat them. But you look at Boston College, they've only allowed opponents to sack them 19 times 
So that is something to keep in mind. We have 37 sacks on the season. So it'll be an interesting matchup all across the field. As Brian Hoyer has said, is it's not a secret to stop the spread offense, to stop an offense that is pass-heavy. Pressuring the quarterback is key. If Jonal St. Deke, which in my opinion he'll be double-teamed a lot, if those guys opposite Jonal St. Deke, Irvin Baldwin, Justin Kershaw, Ogimdi Nuabo can get in and get after Matt Ryan, Michigan State has a good chance of winning this football game. Uh, also, another guy on that defense, be aware of free safety, Jamie Silva. He's got six picks on the season. Very active in that Boston College Eagles secondary. But uh, it's not a terrible matchup, but you have to keep in mind, Boston College is a very good team. They're at one point in the season ranked number two in the nation, appearing to possibly play for the BCS championship game. So what scares you most, Ray, about this Boston College football team? I think they're passing attack, obviously. You know, Matt Ryan was, you know, a Heisman candidate, but, uh, you know, Obviously, their passing attack is you know very very potent, and I think you know our defensive secondary is not that great. So I think they can easily burn us you know in the passing attack. And you look at what Boston College did to end the season could play also in our favor. Mm-hmm. Two and five to end the season, their last seven games, or yeah, two and three. Pardon me, two wins, three losses in their last five games. That is not the way you want to end the season with losses to Florida State at home. At Maryland, at Cle- they won at Clemson, won at home against Miami, and then lost in the ACC championship game uh, to number six Virginia Tech, which is plausible. Yes, Virginia Tech is very good, but they didn't end the season hot. I believe Michigan State is hot. Do you agree? Oh, definitely. They they, uh, they weren't even going to be considered for a bowl game. They lost. You know, they lost to Michigan and. Uh... Those in Iowa, they were uh, not bowl bound, and then they came. They persevered at the end, beating Indian or who they beat at, at Purdue, and then Purdue, and then uh, Penn, State. Penn State. So yeah, they're definitely on a hot streak. But another team that's on somewhat of a hot streak, men's basketball. Got to get to basketball because we're coming up here on eight o'clock. You'd like to join us five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. The email address wdbmsports at gmail dot com. Men's basketball solid win eighty to fifty one over Jacksonville Saturday. Coach Izzo spoke today at his press conference before the team took off for Bradley. They play Bradley tomorrow. I believe it is uh, 9 p.m. Let me look at my sheet here. 9 p.m. It's going to be on ESPNU, so obviously uh, most of us are going to have to head out to an establishment to watch that game. ESPNU, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, Peoria, Illinois. We're taking on Bradley, a 6-2 Bradley team that's very dangerous. But here's what Coach Izzo had to say today at his weekly press conference. You know, as far as we, I, I'm not sure we're faring as well as our football counterparts, but a uh, big week for us. Uh, there's no question that played okay in the last game, not great. I didn't think we played as well as we've been playing, we, and yet we uh, found ways to still do some things that we've been doing, scoring more points, playing pretty good defense, did not rebound the ball as well, and I think part of that was Sutan being out as much as he was. Uh, but Gray had one of his better games, so we, we're doing what we, we're doing this year. We're finding ways to get some guys to step their game up. I thought that was one of Gray's best games, and... Uh, and of course, Raymar played very well, and but we're still still a work in progress. Uh, and this week, we got a lot of work to do. I think in Bradley, you're getting one of the more difficult places to go play at, especially this week. I mean, it's going to be every holiday. There's known a man will be taking place that night in Peoria, and then with the game at BYU, I think maybe one of the best teams will play in our whole non-conference schedule if. 
the little bit of film I've looked at of them is any what true. So it's a it's a big week for us, even win, lose, or draw, meaning we have to figure out a little bit where we're at, if we're getting better, if we're capable of playing another different style. We're going to face a team that shoots 25 to 33s a game, uh, has three players, three guards that take more threes than they do twos, which is odd. team that's won 29, 30 non-conference games in a row at home, so a uh, difficult place to play. And I guess thank God now for Kansas City because even though we don't get credit for a, a road victory against Missouri, those of you that were there know it was a road victory and they're probably more Missouri fans than will be Bradley just because of the size of the arena. So as we continue to grow here, I think we have to still improve our execution offensively. We still have to get Neitzel more shots. We still have to get uh, you know more and more consistency uh, inside, and we have to continue to turn the ball over less than we have because the last two games now we're averaging about 11, 11 and a half turnovers a game, which would really boast uh, our opportunities and shooting 50%, I think would make for, uh, for a more potent offense if we can keep up that trend of not turning the ball over as much. That was head coach Tom Izzo today at his weekly press conference. This team plays Bradley tomorrow night, 9 p.m., in Peoria, Illinois. Bradley, a dangerous team. Bradley has won 29 straight non-conference home games. Uh, and that's going to put them two behind Michigan State's current active streak. Uh, this is the F- Spartans' first true road game of the season, but let's not forget, as Coach mentioned, we did play in front of 18,000 fans in Kansas City, Missouri, against Missouri, and most of them were cheering for the Tigers. So don't keep that in mind. This team's conditioned slightly uh, to play on the road. The young guys have have been in a hostile environment, so this team's ready to go. Uh, one thing that I'm sure, or one player that I'm sure you're all familiar with, Raymar Morgan having a great season thus far. As I said last week, he's getting it done, but the biggest point that goes with his 18-point average and 8-rebound average is the amount of minutes that he is getting it done. Less minutes than Drew Neitzel is playing, sl- just slightly more than Sutan's playing. 26 minutes a game. He's scoring 18 points, shooting 63% from the floor, 43% from three, and shooting 75% from the free throw line. Effective, efficient. He was 8 for 8 from the line against Jacksonville, had 24 points, one off his career high, 18 points a game, 8 rebounds a game, and I think, Ray, it's only going to get better when he gets into Big Ten play. But if you'd like to comment, 517-432-3893. Alongside... Brigitte Sheroyan and Ray Mara. I'm Dan Duggar here every Monday night, 7 to 8, hosting the Spartan Sports Wrap. But who has been most impressive to you, Brigitte, thus far? Is it Ray Mara? I think he has. He's really been the X factor, and when he's not having a good team, Good day, excuse me. You can tell the team is looking a little bit weak, but I think he had a great game versus Jacksonville. They really had no answer for him, as was the score. You know, he had 24 points. I think it was like 8 for 12 shooting. I mean, just really no answer for him. And you look at that Jacksonville game, what astonished me is there were, it was a highlight reel. There were some spectacular dunks. If you were at that game, got to see the highlights, it was spectacular. Some dunks Morgan put down, Marquise Gray caught an alley-oop on top of some kid from Jack, some dolphin. Some That's what they are, the dolphins, <laughs> the Jacksonville dolphins. Uh, but what I also like to see is that we're getting a collective consistency out of our big men. But before we talk bigs, I got a chance to talk 
with Raymar Morgan to star guard slash forward, whatever, Mr. Effective getting it done. Uh, here's what Raymar Morgan had to say after his 24.8 rebound performance against Jacksonville. Joined by Raymar Morgan post game. Raymar, a big game for you, 24 points, pretty efficient. Can you talk about the way you got your points and the way you, when you got to the free throw line, you finished perfect game for eight? Um, yeah, uh, I'm gonna just try to get some easy buckets early by running the break and, and just getting involved around the basket a lot. Uh, I think that was uh, a, a huge point for me, and uh, that's why I just try to focus on the whole game. You guys had 23 assists on 29 shots. Do you just attribute that to smart passing and you guys finishing? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Kayla had about eight assists. Uh, Drew had a lot of assists and tried So those guys passing the way they do and guys finishing, it's, it's always great. You guys head on the road next week for two tough games. Is this team ready for an extended road trip? Um, yeah, I think it's about that time um, to see where we're at uh, mentally and, and um, see how, how good we can we can really be uh, with, this, with us playing these games and with these type of teams. It'd, it'd be a great experience. And lastly, Ray, what is uh, the biggest question mark or area of concern for this team heading into two road games? Just focus. We can stay focused mentally and, and just, uh, just stick to our game plan. I think, I think everything will work out. That was Michigan State guard Raymar Morgan. Continues to be the truth this season. 18.8 rebound average through seven games in just 26 minutes of action per game. Um, but like I said before we play that clip, we're starting to get collective consistency out of our big men. Yes, not one in particular. Not Goran showing up every night. But it seems that each each game, someone shows up to play. Either Namik, either Sutan, either Gray. Some One of our big men. Out of that group, collectively, we're getting some consistency. We're getting some point production. We're getting some rebounding. Yes, the defense has to improve, but we're getting some collective consistency. Either Queets or Goron showing up to play. Uh, but like Raymar mentioned in the clip, we got two road games this week. Tomorrow night and Saturday at BYU. Very dangerous week. This week could be as competitive as a Big Ten week in January, February. Two road games of this caliber. Very good teams. Don't sleep on Bradley just because you've never heard of them possibly before today. <laughs> or don't sleep on BYU because they're in Salt Lake City. You know, Don't sleep on BYU because they're not really known as a basketball powerhouse. Very good teams. Two tough road games, almost like a Big Ten week. Here it is, only December 3rd. Uh, Coach Izzo commented today on the tough schedule in Attribute it to himself. Coach Izzo decided to schedule these road games. Here, what he had. To, here's what he had to say about that. Yeah, I got to take full. I got to be Joe Gibbs. I got to take full responsibility uh, for this situation that I'm questioning myself. But uh, I do think I do think it's going to benefit us somehow. Um, maybe one of you, your infinite wisdom, can tell me how. But uh, I do think there's. There's a benefit in going on the road and playing in tough places, especially with some of our young guys. And uh, and, a, and a different style is really what does excite me, even though it frustrates me at times in practice. It excites me because I think it'll it'll help prepare us more and more and more. Ray, are you, are you a fan of the uh, the non-conference tough schedule that we've got this week? Two tough road games back-to-back? Oh, definitely. I mean, it's definitely going to help us prepare You know, our young freshmen and prepare the team as a whole for you know big time big ten conference play. Don't sleep on the Bradley Braves either. Six and two. They got a kid, Daniel Ruffin, five ten, 162 pounds. That was like my the my size and weight in my my junior year of high school. 
but, but this kid can get it done. Leads the nation. 7.3 assists per game. Dishes the rock. Threads the needle. Throws the oop. Whatever. This kid gets it done. Somewhat Drew Neitzel-like. Efficient. 93% from the free throw line. This kid's putting up 16 points a game. 7 assists. That's sick. Sick. Bradley's a very good team. They're going to score a lot of points. So Peoria, Illinois, ESPNU, tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern. And then Michigan State goes on the road again to take on BYU. And that game is on Versus. So if you have that channel, (laughs) I'm really surprised. But ESPNU tomorrow night against Bradley. BYU on Versus. That's a 4 p.m. Eastern time. That's going to be in Salt Lake City, Utah. So, two tough road games. I'm a fan. It's going to be a good barometer, a good gauge to see where this team really is and see where we can play on the road. Because to be a good team, to win a Big Ten championship, you have to be able to go on the road and get Ws. And when you play tough non-conference, just like we talked about last week, when people question the strength of our non-conference, I think you're seeing it now. When we've got a Texas team that just beat UCLA last night coming into the Palace of Auburn Hills at a quote-unquote neutral site game in the Spartan Clash the 22nd of this month, it's going to be interesting. Very strong non-conference. Bradley and BYU right up there. Very competitive. BYU just might be as good, maybe a, a step below Texas. They're a very good basketball team. They score a lot of points. So it'll be good barometer, good gauge of this team's talent. Ray, do you see us coming out with two wins come the end of sat next Saturday. I mean, I I would think so. As long as we don't play down with our talent, I think we have you know, obviously we're a talented team and I think we'll you know we'll come out two and oh. You know, we can't sleep on uh, BYU who's currently ranked twenty four in the nation and uh you know I just ultimately I think we're gonna come out two and oh. two and oh? Yeah, I think so. As long as Neitzel's having a good game, Raymar's having a good game, we minimize turnovers, definitely. Great point. The turnovers are key in the games that we've had thirteen or less turnovers significant blowout wins. Take care of the basketball. We will be fine. You take care of yourself. This is it for the Spartan Sports Wrap. Coming up at 8 o'clock, none other than Jeff Schaup and the Jazz Spectrum. Brother, I'm still bumping jazz CDs in the whip. It is it's so relaxing. So jazz music coming up at 8. Saturdays, don't forget, cultural vibe, hip-hop and R&B starting at 8 p.m. right here on The Impact. For Ray Mara, Brigitte Schroyan, our producer Lisa, got to show some love, mixing it on the ones and twos, the board, whatever. This is it. This has been the Spartan Sports Wrap. Thanks for listening. Have a great night.